0: Interface is active, and we're at full power. Watch your levels this time.
1: You just make sure you pull the trigger on the way
2: out. After initial binding, you'll be locked in, with no loss of control permitted during this performance. We can't afford any mistakes on this one. Ready?
0: Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by
2: Amir Turing
0: and Derek Wong. Before we get started on tonight's episode, I think, Derek, you wanted to share a bit of personal news. I mean, if you want to spend a little time and talk about it. At the beginning of the new
1: year, on January 1st, my grandma passed away at the very tender age of 97, so she lived a very long and happy life, a good life, I would say. But at the time of her passing, she was stricken with COVID-19. So it's been a struggle for me to kind of wrap my head around it because the doctors aren't clear, of course, if it's because she had COVID-19 or because, you know, she she was, like I said, a very tender and old age. How I feel, it's, it's probably a mix of both, right? And I uh, I'm very sad about it. But at the same time, I know I, – I keep telling myself, you know, she's had a great life. She was surrounded by – I mean, she wasn't literally surrounded by family. But, you know, of course, she knew that she had, you know, there's family out there that loved her and will miss her. I try to be as private as I can. But also, I think it's important, especially in this time, to maybe, you know, share my experience. I, I know that a lot of people out there are right now are sharing my same experience. You know, it I've struggled with knowing that at the end, there was no one – of our family with her. Myself haven't seen her in a while. And, you know, when I did, I didn't even get to like give her a hug or give her a kiss, right? Like I couldn't even get six feet in distance from her. It's been hard. But of course, you know, I've, I've been just trying to remember the good times with her. And honestly, I just wanted to share this experience, you know, to just tell people to please just stay vigilant, right? With the social distancing mandates and wearing your mask and Trying not to travel or see people if you don't have to and right, and just just stay safe because I think for me it's not about keeping myself safe as much it's it's about keeping those that I love safe, right, keeping those around you that might be vulnerable safe, yeah, I think that's the the lesson I've kind of taken from this whole experience the last couple of days and really kind of just trying to process. What's happened to me and my family.
0: Yeah, and it's just a good reminder. Like, this isn't a joke. It's not a hoax. People are losing their loved ones. And obviously, my heart goes out to you. And and it's always hard, even if they've had a nice long life, you know. And and this this disease is cruel. And it's merciless, right? And I know people are getting sick of it. I know people, especially where you are, like, California has been hit really, really hard. Was she in California with you guys?
1: I'm in Northern California. My grandma is with my family back in Southern California. And if anyone's following the news, they know that LA is just a shit show right now. And they know that, you know, they are like a hotspot for, of course, COVID, but also like their bed situation, the hospital situation has been just getting worse and worse. I mean, I'm not angry with the doctors. I'm not angry at the hospitals, but, but grandma's particular situation, like she was admitted to the hospital with COVID-19 and only like four or five days later was taken out of the hospital so that, they could provide a bed for somebody else in a right. in a worse condition, right? Like I have to imagine that if the situation was better, like they would have let her stay there for like fourteen days, right? Um yeah. the necessary or ten or fourteen days that she needed. But of course only after a couple of days she was moved into hospice care and, and you know a couple of days from then she had passed. So like yeah, this whole situation is just like fucked. And and like I just I honestly don't want to see this happen to anybody else. Like it just would really suck.
0: Yeah, and, like, this this new mandate, like, that I just saw today, where was, like, EMS and paramedics, like, if they come to someone who's under cardiac arrest, they can't bring them to the hospital. They're just going to leave them where they are. That's how bad the situation is over there. And, you know what, it's all due to these fucking idiots having these influencer parties and having these massive super spreader events. Like, just because the vaccine's out doesn't mean shit's all hunky-dory, right? Like... It's, it's bad.
1: Yeah. And it's not even, I mean, it's not even that. It's like, you know, there's people that outright don't believe, you know, like you said, it's a hoax that don't believe in this, this, this mm-hmm. virus. They don't. And and there's also people that don't even believe in the vaccine. Like I've talked to like medical, you know, friends in the medical field that like know people that have declined taking the vaccine. You know, all this kind of just like blows my mind and like makes me angry, you know, like thinking yeah. about what ha- has just recently happened to me. Like I'm sad, but I'm also angry. Yeah. I didn't want to take up too much time and I just wanted to, you know, get my story out there. Hopefully, um, you know, maybe our listeners, someone out there can relate and if they'd like to share their story. Of course, contact me. Um, but yeah, I just hope my story and my experience can just be something, like I said, a, a catalyst to, to stay vigilant. Yeah. Let's get into our, our main topic,
0: though. We'll dedicate this episode to your grandmother, this episode yes. on Brandon Cronenberg's <laughs> possessor. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a bunch of big tentpole releases here on the pod, you know, like Tenet and room Roman 1984. Tonight, we thought it might be a good idea to switch gears a little bit and discuss a smaller release that might have flown under your radar. Of course, we're talking about Brandon Cronenberg's gnarly sci-fi horror film, Possessor, which actually made the number seven spot of my best films of 2020 list. And... As usual, we'll be talking a little bit about our first impressions (spoiler light) and then dive a little deeper into the plot and our spoiler-heavy thoughts. What did everyone think? I guess we should we should start there, right? So,
2: uh, yeah, nice to finally be doing a good movie. Um,
0: <laughs> oh. you guys have really been
2: fucking up picking the movies the last couple weeks. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, um, yeah, it's a really nice change of pace. Like, uh, Jeff was saying to do something a little smaller, uh, a lot more horrifying. And I was really very pleasantly surprised. I didn't see, um, uh, whatever the virus movie was, Brandon Cronenberg's like from 2012. I, I, antiviral? I I, antiviral? Antiviral. Yeah. I didn't see, I didn't see that. So this is actually my first exposure to his work and I was pretty impressed. This was really fun and, uh, Well, maybe that's not the way I understand
0: (laughs) it. I just wanna echo your thoughts and say, like, it's nice to talk about something that not everyone's talking about, you know? I think just with like Tenet and Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, it's like the discussion and the discourse is so like exhausted, right? Everyone's talking about everything and like there's there's nothing left to say about those movies, I feel. And like this, like it's a little less Popular, a little less um, mainstream.
2: I don't know. I say, like, it's weird because like people have been talking about these things endlessly, and I feel like there's still like no good takes. Like, it's just like there's like the conventional take. Like, both the movies were kind of bad, and there's like no cool. There's like there's no cool contrarian takes or hot takes or like deep insights. Like neither movie. Yeah. Like, had, like there's nothing to mine. Like the discourse is exhausted, and like nothing was gained. Right.
1: Yeah. I. Again, we'll, like Jeff said, echo the sentiments. I did really enjoy this movie. I went into it not knowing really anything about it. All I've ever seen is just that one image with the face, right? And I I don't really – I didn't quite understand what that was when I first saw that image. Mm -hmm. And, you know, seeing the movie, I understand what it was now. Yeah, I went into this movie, like I said, blind. And I was pleasantly surprised at some of the, the twists and turns that it takes. I really loved some of the visuals. Uh, that you get from this movie, I think it's super gruesome. It, like, right at the top just starts very gruesome and kind of stays at that level pretty much throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it was a nice change of pace compared to the last couple of reviews that we've done and some of the last movies we've seen. I think when we get into spoilers, I did have some, maybe they could be considered kind of nitpicky things that I think... sure. Probably bring it down for me compared to, I think, what level you guys are at. I probably, if I were to say, maybe I, I'm the one who maybe liked it the least at a, in this group. Overall, like, I think it's a good movie. But I don't know if I can recommend this movie, though.
0: Uh, So, yeah, this movie is very, very bleak. It's very, very gruesome. And it's very, very explicit. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shit going on. It's one of those movies where, like, if you're sitting they're watching alone and someone walks in at like the wrong time you will be judged for it <laughs> <laughs> there is some full frontal nudity um some super graphic it's literally like straight up porn right it, there's there's one scene where where christopher abbott's character he's just literally watching porn like you see you see like dick you see taint you see all that stuff it's yeah. it's, it's very very explicit and i want to say this is probably goriest movie i've ever seen wow really probably i mean we'll get into it but like there's some nasty stuff in here i don't know if, if this is not your cup of tea i would not recommend you watching it it's 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 a hard movie to recommend to people who you're not sure if they're into something like this but if you know that someone's like really into like body horror and like Um, extreme violence and, like, hard sci-fi. So, sickos, in other words. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, someone exactly like me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There are plenty of movies out there where, as long as it's a good movie, I could tell someone, like, you can go watch this, right? You you might find some enjoyment out of it. Or, because it's a really good movie, you should go watch it. This is a good movie, but I still can't do that. And Mm. I, I think it's partially because of what you said. Like, it's really gory, really gruesome, really kind of... Not some people's cup of tea, but also it's, I hate this term, but like, I think it's a term that like some people use too often and will understand when I say it, but it's a little too art house for me Mm. and you know what I mean? Or not too art house for me, but too art house for me to kind of like recommend. I think it, it borders the line of like film and then
0: like almost like an art project. Yeah, that's, that's (laughs) fair. I mean, I would categorize it as art house. Okay. That's a fair fair categorization, but I don't know. It's not super avant-garde or anything like that. I mean, there is a decipherable plot.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not super weird. It's just explicit and, like, gory. But I don't think it's, like, mind-bending,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, um, let, let's get... Okay, let, let's... At this point, I think we're just going to get into spoilers, because I think it's, it's hard for me to, like, uh, wade around this issue without
0: getting specifics. Well, I want to... I want to talk a little bit about, like, the Cronenberg name for a little bit, Okay, yeah, why don't you, let's do that before we get into
1: specifics, then.
0: Like, if the last name doesn't give it away, Brandon Cronenberg is, of course, the son of esteemed director David Cronenberg. So, I mean, would you guys agree that the younger Cronenberg definitely takes some pages out of his father's filmography? Yeah. Like, his body horror stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His sci-fi, his horror. I think he definitely charts his own path, you know? Because, like, David Cronenberg's films, like, you know, like, Scanners, Dead Ringers, The Fly, Videodrome. It has, like, tongue-in-cheek humor and, like, lighter vibes that can, like, ride underneath the the body horror. But, like, this stuff is, like, bleak, cold, steely sci-fi horror, right? Yeah. There's, like, zero levity to this movie. <laughs> Right? Like, it's heavy stuff. I think that's what separates his work from his father's. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that he's not just, like, following his father's footsteps. He's trying to do something different. But, like, keep it within the, the family wheelhouse, I would say. I feel like he probably doesn't like being compared to his father all the time. But, like, you can see that there's a through line. Tough shit, dude. Should have choose to fucking nom, yeah.
2: de, nom de plume or whatever. I don't know what the film equivalent is. You or fucking, a rom com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should have fucking hid your name. And I don't know, man. We're gonna compare <laughs> you to your dad. Deal with it. We also left out Existence. Shout out to that.
0: Yeah, guy. Existence. That's that's a shout out, shout, out, shout out. to that one. That's a good one. Crazy movie.
2: No, just like I agree with what you're saying about cold and like even though like the gore and horror in it is kind of cold. Like. I don't know, is so like, visceral and like, disgusting. This is gory, but it's not, like, gross and weird, I feel like.
0: Yeah, it comes in, like, right under the over-the-top classification where, like, it's real enough to get, like, a visceral response out of you. It's not like, ha-ha, oh, that yeah. guy's head oh, exploded yeah. or whatever, you know? And, like, this this is some, like, very real-looking violence here.
2: Yeah, but but it's clean gory,
0: mostly. yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a little detached, even even though even though it's super... Like, even the dolls turn all the way to 10.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, just to give a little synopsis of the movie, I think the listeners will benefit from a little more in-depth plot description, just because, like, everyone's seen, like, Tenet and Wonder Woman and, and stuff like that. But, like, I think people will benefit from talking a little bit more about the plot, right? And there's actually not that much plot. In this movie, right? It's it's pretty straightforward. So, like, a possessor is someone who takes over another person's body in order to carry out an assassination. This movie focuses on this assassin. Her name is Tasia Voss, played by Andrea Riseborough. And these assassins, they usually take control of someone close to their target in order to kill them. And that's basically the plot of the movie. And she's hired to assassinate this tech CEO played by Sean Bean. Funnily enough, subverting expectations, we'll get into that later. (laughs) And to assassinate him, she possesses his future son-in-law, played by Christopher Abbott, um, and his name is Tate. Uh, This is the gist of the movie, and the primary conflict is that Christopher Abbott's Tate is a little more resilient than she would think when it comes to the possession and there's like this mental tug of war of like identity between Tasia and Tate. So yeah. So that's basically the gist of the movie. Um, Am I, am I missing anything? I think that's, that's a pretty good synopsis of
1: basic synopsis. And then we can get into more details.
2: So you want want to unload with your criticisms
1: up front there? (laughs) You want me to do that? (laughs) Yeah, man. I guess I'll start with kind of my thought from earlier, like the whole art house thing. I wasn't a fan of the what do you call it? Those moments where we were like in this
0: weird, like the psychic space.
1: Yeah, that psychic space they were in. Oh, and... I
0: love that. That was some of the coolest. I think it's some of, of the, the movie. like
1: visually it was very cool. And like I understand like if you were just to like take screenshots of it, it would be like absolutely horrifying, but absolutely cool because of the use of the color. But my criticism of this movie partially comes from, like, what does it all mean? Because it's blasted with the primary colors of red, blue, and yellow. Like, where are these coming in? In those scenes, I also never understood, like, is someone taking more control than another? Like, those scenes just seem like flashes of just imagery without quite enough substance for me. Those scenes were like if I were to walk into a museum and I were walking into an exhibit where like color was like flashing and like images were flashing like that's what I felt like. That's where I get that art house almost like art exhibit feel from this movie or those sequences didn't have substance as much as it just had really cool visuals.
0: I think a lot of the visuals did have meaning. I didn't find it too like abstract or surreal at all. I feel like you know like when Tatia, she's she's first possessing Christopher Abbott's uh, mind. Like, there's like that wax figure that kind of melts. It's like the wax figure of her. So it's like you know, it's 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 metaphorical, right? And mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool. And then like obviously the, what you see in all the promotional materials, like the 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 promo poster, this is like when Abbott is like trying to retake control of his identity, right? And like he's like putting on. It looks like a rubber Tassia mask, right? He's like pulling that over his face, and I really enjoyed that. It's like bright neon red, and it's it's cool. I, I kind of like that. I I dug that a lot. I don't know. I don't know what your take, Amir.
2: Yeah, um, I liked it too. I thought it was really effective. I liked the big primary colors a lot, actually. The blue sex scene reminds me a lot of Manhunter. Mm hmm. But that movie is super blue. And there's, like, a, I think a couple of blue sex scenes in that. I, I think that the, those scenes were actually, like, a really useful, like, literal, like, a representation of the disorientation of, like, the personalities fighting and stuff like that. Like, that was a very good way for us to feel as disoriented as they did. And, like, I don't know, I really I really liked it. I kind of agree on the lack of substance in sort of a different direction. That I mm-hmm. didn't feel like those those scenes lacked, lacked substance. But I do think probably the movie overall all oh, doesn't have a ton to say besides being like a cool sci-fi thriller
0: i do i do agree with yes. that. i i think that's that's a problem that brandon cronenberg has all, a lot i think um there's like some jumbled messaging i feel like the movie isn't quite sure how to balance its commentary or like lack thereof with its like crazy violence but i do have to give him props for like his vision like and his execution but i i totally agree with amir um it's not that deep it isn't, no. And
1: that's uh, that's another one of my criticisms. Like, at the end uh, of this movie, I was like...
0: Yo, are you appropriating my criticism,
1: motherfucker? Yes, I am. <laughs> 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 Shit, dude. Yeah, at the I end literally just gave that criticism. I, yeah. At the end of this movie, I was very much like... I would say I was a little confused in, in the sense that... Am I supposed to be elated that she has... In essentially one, I don't know. I don't think the movie does a really good job of making me feel attached to this, this character. Of, okay. Uh, a Voss to then feel some kind of emotion towards, yes, she she was the one she who- She did it. She did it at the end. Okay. So
2: I have thoughts on this, right? So at the beginning, like you're watching this movie, you're like, oh, it's a movie about people who possess people's bodies, use them to kill innocent people and then like kill the host body." Oh, so these are, like, incredibly evil people, right? Yeah. So you're like, how am I supposed to, like, get close to this person or feel any sort of way about them? And I was thinking that at the beginning. And then, like, I realized, like, about halfway through, like, after the big climactic, uh, you know, dinner or whatever, I was rooting for her. I was like, oh, my God, just pull the trigger. Just end it already. And I think part of that is because I knew inevitably that if she didn't, it would just be worse for everybody. Mm -hmm. Part of my wanting her mission to, quote-unquote, succeed is, like, wanting things to not go down the sort of inevitable tragic path that we're going to go down. Like, you know, from the minute you see Tati Voss as a kid, you're like, all right, the kid is fucked. And, like, <laughs> and you're hoping it's not going to go down that way, but... Yeah. The the, the, the horror of it sort of has a, has a certain inevitability, and they didn't pull their punches on it, so... But, yeah, I agree with you, like, it, in a way you're a little detached from her, but I think they do a good enough job of just making her the protagonist that you still feel some kind of residual, like energy towards her. You know, she's got a a fair bit of, like, interiority for such a a blank, cold, detached movie. You get a lot inside her, inside, well, you literally get inside her head, right? So you you do kind of get a little bit of what she's about.
0: I felt that she was more of a protagonist than John David Washington ever was in Tenet, so. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But all all joking aside, I I do agree with you, Amir. I think I do feel a lot of empathy for, for Taz Hivas, and I think, like, there's this, commentary on like work-life balance here which is very very interesting so she has a handler played by jennifer jason lee right and she used to be an assassin and she's always on Voss's case about like why do you have family it just like is a distraction from your work and like you need to like untether yourself from your family if you want to be an effective assassin and like this is like a huge through line throughout the entire movie right you see the toll that this job Takes on Tasya Voss, right? She has to reacquaint herself with herself. She needs to reinhabit her own personality, like she inhabits the personalities of the people that she possesses, right? Because in the beginning, after that cold open, which we'll get into, but like she has to go back to her family, like her husband and and her kid, and she has to like practice saying the things that she would normally say to like her husband and kids because she's been so detached pulling yeah. all these jobs, right? And I, I thought that was very, very effective. I really liked it. So really, that was I very, very, I really that, that really was very
2: effective for me, but like only in retrospect. At first mm. I thought she was rehearsing it because she was just nervous and she she's estranged from her husband. So I thought that was all nervous at first. Yes, fuck. yes. And then you see her prepping for the mission.
0: And it's the same. Yeah. And
2: you're like, oh shit, she was prepping to be herself. Yeah. That's fucked.
0: Yeah. That is fucked.
2: So, yeah, it was uh, really good. Uh, yeah, I agree with the work-life balance, and I guess uh, uh, that, that, that work-life balance problem does get solved by the end.
1: <laughs> it does. Okay, well, I-, I wanted to jump in here and say, like, part part of the reason it's hard for me to sympathize with this character, or empathize with this character, is that, and maybe this is a holdover from last week's um, Handsome Man. I mean, she is an assassin, and their whole thing is they take over somebody else's life that is probably innocent and probably hasn't done anything wrong just to get close to someone that that is their target and at the end like that person dies too they don't give a fuck this is different from wonder woman I know, because and i know that wonder like, woman's it's... like
0: a superhero and these people are like corporate assassins, <laughs> corporate assassins yeah so but like... like
1: that that's where it becomes a little hard for me to kind of attach myself to this character though like it's like she's i i I recognize from the beginning, she is not a good person, like, at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it hard for me to, I think, just root for her.
2: Yeah, I get that. I mean, you, you don't get a sense of her, like, oh, this is why she decided to become an assassin, or, like, whatever, like, what's her motivation in doing this, or what's the the, the greater, like, scheme of things. You don't get any of that, really. The, the, mm-hmm. the movie just kind of asks you to accept it. Like, yeah. okay, like, she's an assassin, this is what we're doing. And, like, I think because it is a... A horror, thriller, tragic kind of movie, it's okay to accept that the people, the protagonist is going to be like a fucked up person who's going to die, or is going to cause tragedy to all the people around them, right? It's like in a horror movie, like if you're not willing to accept that people are going to like explore haunted houses and like I don't know, take their helmets off and you're ass spitting aliens, like there's certain (laughs) things you can't, can't enjoy. Yeah. I think maybe genre convention, like I'm thinking of like, even just like plays like people are gonna have like you know i don't know tragic flaws and they're gonna be driven to do certain things and i don't know you just kind of have to accept that you're on a bit of a railroad in that way and like just buy into it like okay this is this is a bad person and like we're just doing this i don't know if any of that
1: makes sense it does it does i guess it's just for me it was like the the guy that she possesses is like not i mean he's not the best person not the most isn't it part of his backstory is like he used to be a, a drug dealer right
0: yeah, and so, he's kind of like, he's yeah, like a fuck up. He's a cokehead, you know? Cheating on his girlfriend.
1: Yeah, he's not a saint, but at the same time, like, I still don't think he deserves to die. No, so it's no, like, no one it, 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 this. I struggled with that. I did definitely and, struggle and,
2: with that. And it. I, I think this is where, like, the film's kind of lack of vision bit me a little bit. The first thing I, like, thought about when I saw this technology was, like, oh, like, the government would be using this. You know what I mean? And, like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be using it to, like, I mean, I guess if businesses got their hands on it, they'd be using it to like, kill their rivals or whatever, but, like, the government would be using it to kill, like, I don't know, whoever fucking...
1: Yeah, like whatever heads the of equivalent of, or like, whatever, yeah. yeah.
2: exactly. Like, they'd be killing whatever the fucking 2008 alternate reality version of Patrice Lumumba is, right? Or, like, you know... <laughs> or, right, like, whoever's out there is causing trouble for, like, uh, you know, American hegemony. That's the person who would be assassinated with this shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. I don't know. Right. It just... So like it's just like the corporate raider thing did very little for me. Like maybe I don't know maybe I'm just like, a conspiracy theorist. Or well, something I me, mean like just like, like
0: here's another thing like I thought I thought that was like a huge conflict of interest, right? Because they're committing this assassination not on behalf like of like really a client, right? They're doing it to further their own goals as an arm of some massive conglomerate, right? Because
2: sort of both, right? Like that like they're doing the job and it's like, there's a quick book or like in exchange, we've done this job for you, but part of your payment is going to be our leverage over you for having done this. Right.
0: Yeah. And to use the company that we now have control over to like further our aims away. Yeah. 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 Which I, which I found kind of, kind of interesting. And, and also, do they ever mention in this movie that it's an alternate 2008? I only see that in like no, the synopses I to, and stuff. Yeah, I was I like, to like
2: look that up. It's definitely not. I was like, what? Not alternate immediately 2008?
0: apparent. It's so weird. Yeah, it's a very odd choice.
1: Yep, yeah, didn't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they drop you right into this world, right? Let's yes, talk about this do. cold open, right? Uh, they drop you into the job that Tassi Voss is, is in the middle of. She is possessing this woman um this black woman played by gabrielle graham um i think her name is holly right holly bergman mm-hmm. so it opens up on holly in the bathroom and she puts like this jack in her head so this is like the start it's just of, gnarly, like, gnarly the calibration yeah there's like the the blood seeping out this is where you first see tasia voss like rehearsing what she's gonna say as as holly Right? And, like, this was a crazy effective cold open, I think. I think it was really, really cool. I think... Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so I don't know what it is. It's like a... It's like a high-class club of some sort. I don't know if she's, like, an escort or, like, a or, I think or she's or just like waitress a, or something. A waitress or a hostess or something. Yeah, and, like, she she exits the bathroom um, and, like, Tasya Voss is, like, fully possessing Holly now. And she just goes up to this guy and and stabs him like a billion times it's like yeah. the most savage fucking stabbing it's crazy it's like stabbing him like dozens and dozens of times and then finally the cops come in and she's unable to shoot herself in the in the head right and so she commits suicide by cop so i don't know what you thought about this Amir because because you're you're a black man right like what did you feel like this there's like like a racial messaging here that bother you in any way or
2: no, it didn't bother me it just felt very surface like they didn't do anything with it besides the imagery but the imagery of that so it's like all right why well, do that so like my honesty my problem with it honestly was like i didn't know that much about the movie going in and so like i saw her possessing gabrielle graham and i was like oh shit like a black sci fi movie that's gonna whip ass. And I was like, oh, all right, I guess not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, that that was my primary disappointment in that regard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just another victim.
2: Yeah, I know, man. It's a horror movie. Black girls gotta die first. Like, eh. that was actually my primary reason disappointment is that, you know, the movie's just mm-hmm. not starring Gabriel Graham. That would have been cool. But yeah, I don't think Cronenberg has anything to say with that shooting. So, like, yeah, yeah, to
0: yeah, about it. It is a cool scene.
2: Very cool. The the, the colors are the, here's your colors again.
0: Uh, yeah, because
2: like that that stairway walking up, all that yellow,
0: and then the yeah. blue
1: of her the uniform, like blue jumpsuits. Like, yeah, the, the yeah, and
2: then like the the red, the red blood, and all that. It's 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 striking. It's good.
1: I was a little confused. Did we ever figure out why she has to like? Because someone makes it a point to say like, oh, why didn't you just shoot him? And she gives some bullshit response about like, oh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was in my character to stab instead. But we see later on when she, you know, spoiler, she kills Sean Bean's character too. She chooses the the pick, right, the the item in the house versus you know she has a gun on her. She could have just shot him. Is, mm-hmm. is there any explanation why she all of a sudden wants to have to like physically kill somebody?
2: I mean, I mean, I mean, the violence is just deranging her. Her, yeah, and she's just becoming fucked up. Like, I don't think there's anything I think there's anything more to it than that. Like, she's becoming fucked up from a lifetime of you know assassinating people, and that shit
0: fucks you up. So, first of all, like, a correction is that she actually does not kill Sean Bean's character, he survives. Sorry, yes,
1: I'm sorry, yes. When she tries to kill Sean Bean's character,
0: playing against Sean Bean's type where he always dies, but yes, he might as well have died because that fucking sucks. This is the most gnarly fucking thing I've so, like. First of all, to to get to your point, I don't know about Gabrielle Graham's character, Holly, like, why she chooses the stabbing. But, like, I can make a case for her inhabiting Christopher Abbott's character and... Wanting to beat the shit out of... Wanting yeah. to beat the shit out of Sean Bean, because that dude is such a prick, right? And, like, yeah. he hates his future son-in-law. He hates Colin Tate, uh, Christopher Abbott's character. So, like, you can see, like, how that can influence... Tasia's decision to to use a fucking fire poker to kill him instead of a mm-hmm. a gun. It's never made clear whether like the emotions bleed over, but I'm assuming it does. Like there's some yeah, kind they, of, they have yeah, to be bleeding like, over at
2: that point, right? Because it's 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 a movie about like the movie's partially about that loss of control, right? Of the hosts. So, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I think there must be some bleed through back and forth.
0: And I think it says something like he attempts to kill Sean Bean's character with the with a fire poker, but he does have feelings for his fiance, obviously, so he uses the gun to kill her, right? And unfortunately she dies. But I think there's a clear dichotomy there where he has affection for one character, so he wants to put her out of her misery quickly with a gun and and that kind of carries over to Tasia's like methodology for killing, right? And obviously the fire poker goes goes to someone that her possessee hates, right? Mm-hmm. And Ooh, let me just tell you this 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 fire poker shit that's fucking that shit is sick that that was a little rough to watch that a, a lot of stuff like i'm pretty okay with watching and like i won't like look away There's, i can i can handle a lot but this was like i was wincing a little bit at this one so it's not only that she puts the fire poker like through his mouth she like pries it upwards so it like breaks all his teeth too it's disgusting
1: yeah Pretty gnarly,
0: really brutal. And to know that he lives—that's crazy too. <laughs> Which is,
1: I mean, it was kind of weird because it was just like this one line. I mean, I guess we see like a little vision of him, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's still, like all bandaged quote, up. Yeah, he's all bandaged up, and he's like his mouth all like effed up, and his eyes effed up. But if we weren't shown that, I mean, it really was just a one line thing, right? Something about like, oh, you know, he's he's in critical condition. He survived, but then the doctor died. So, like, what does that mean for the hit? Right, like. She didn't succeed right in in her
0: hit, yeah, yeah, I guess she didn't succeed in her hit, so
1: that's uh it's 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 something I want to talk about, but it happens at the end, so I don't know i I don't want to rush to the ending just yet, but yeah'll we'll, we'll come back to this
0: but i thought I thought it was great, like, um uh, i mean we're we're obviously jumping around, but like when Tazia possesses Colin, right, and like she's like discovering his body for the first time, I thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah, that was neat. I liked that they um, sort of took sort of seriously their own idea, and they didn't just, like, hand wave how they, like, got the, the thing into his skull. It's like, oh, no, you have to kidnap somebody off the street and, like, yeah. knock them out and do, like,
1: and prepare and do
2: like forced brain surgery on
0: all this invasion. Like, that's shit so incredibly, incredibly fucked. Yeah.
1: So I thought that that
2: was. I thought that that was really effective for me to see them like it's be not like. Oh, like it's oh, not yeah, like hand, hand wavy
0: a, at all. Right? Yeah. Like,
2: no. And it, and it doesn't like shy away from the fact that like. Oh, they're like kidnapping people off the street and like subjecting them to torture. Like it's fucked up. So um, I like that. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Hannibal and Will, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like the sex scene between uh, Tasya Voss and. Uh... Oh, well, between Tasia Voss and Michael,
2: or oh, and yeah, I uh, actually uh, liked all the sexes. I know it's a very explicit movie, but I thought they were all really effective. Like I don't know the, the unnatural like way that Tasia Voss. Is.
0: So, so you're talking about Tasia Voss having sex with her husband, her strange husband, right? Yeah, and then yeah. she's getting like the flashes of like her job and stuff. Yeah, and, like, I thought I thought that was really good and super it, effective. Yeah, yeah, and then also when she possesses Colin and Colin has sex with. His fiance, played by uh, Tuppence Middleton, right, and there's some crazy imagery there too, right? You have like Andrea Riseborough with like an erect penis. That's that's some crazy imagery, and I I, I like that too. It's 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 uh, very bold. I, I like that.
2: Yeah, I feel like, like maybe it's like a cheap way to like build intimacy or backstory with the characters, but uh, I thought all the romantic relationships were really effective in like making me like think that like these are people who do have like lives that are destroyed before the possessor pops in, right? Like, even the, even, like, uh, Thomas Middleton's friend, who I guess her boyfriend's, like, stepping out on her, like, cheating with her with or whatever, like, even she has a little bit of, like, you feel like, I don't know, like, you have some sympathy for that character. you only met her for two seconds because, like, I think they effectively establish that she's part of these people's lives.
0: Yeah, I think I think all the characters have a little interiority that I, I, I appreciate, even though a lot of it is just surface level. It, it does make me feel at least a little bit about every single character, and I I kind of like that. And and like Sean Bean is like noticeably smarmy and dickish, you know. And and everyone seems like real people here, and I I, I like that.
1: I I mean I will say that. For me though, I I felt it took a little too long to get to the point where I felt the movie got really interesting, point where the struggle actually begins between who's possessing the body. Cuz I I, mm. I, I I looked at the time it was like it was like over an hour and that's when that that turn happened and I was just like I think we could have maybe kind of condensed the first part of this movie a little bit more to get to this because that was the point where the movie got really interesting for me
0: okay i mean i i enjoyed this movie's pacing i thought the pacing was pretty good i even like the weird shit with uh, tate's job uh christopher abbott's character's job like what he's doing like i thought that was neat i thought that was like very alternate 2008 like what the fuck is going on where the company that sean bean runs it's like it's like a data mining company right Mm -hmm. so what christopher abbott's character what he has to do is he's just watching videos of what like hotel rooms and he's like cataloging uh like curtains and like wall colors and things like that it's super boring like even though there's like a porno happening in the (laughs) hotel room that he's watching but like that job is like so draining right and i i i enjoyed Getting a glimpse of that, right? I thought that was that was interesting.
1: Is it hotel rooms? I thought it was, like, people's, like, personal yeah, cameras, right? In their I think own it's homes. houses. I think it's everywhere. Is it
0: people's houses?
1: Because I think the idea is that they're collecting information about these people, right? So that they can, like, product placement them, right? Yeah, probably. Or, like, sh- sh- you know, shoot them advertisements.
2: Yeah. There's, like, a lot going on there with, like, uh, privacy and surveillance and how much, like, I don't know, how much, like, we let company, big companies uh, take advantage of our data, and, like...
1: They don't really do anything with too, it. There's too.
2: There's something interesting, yeah, they don't do anything with it, but there's something interesting, too, with, like, the idea... Like, I really like the job, because it's, like, like you said, it's boring, but it's also incredibly fucking dumb, that you, like, have a human being doing, doing that. this, like, yeah. I don't know, like, this stupid... It's like, uh, it's like they're, like... It's, like, an incredibly dumb way of training an AI to learn, like, image recognition or something, like... It's like, oh, this image, like, this is the current, I don't know, it's just like a very, it seems the kind of job you could automate, and, like, the fact that they don't, and that they, like, explicitly treat those workers like shit, is, I think, really interesting. It's like, yeah, we, we, we could, like, automate this job, or maybe they can't in this alternate universe, but, like.
0: Yeah, they, man, it's alternate 12 like, like, years like, ago, man.
2: They don't, <laughs> they don't have that <laughs>
1: technology.
2: Yeah, like, well, yeah, they, I mean, I don't know, maybe humans can still do something that AIs are not good at, or whatever, so you have the humans do it. But, but, like, human labor is so worthless in, in, in this, like, you, you can just treat them like crap, right? Like, the one mm-hmm. character exp- explicitly compares it to a sweatshop, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's just, like, an incredibly fucked up job. It's fucked up to the workers, fucked up to the people they're, like, spying on, which I don't know if it's spying. Maybe it's, like, in the terms of service that you agree that we can use your Amazon Echo to spy on you or, or whatever. Yeah, it's just, just a fucked up, fucked up job. I really liked it.
0: Yeah, this, this movie is very dystopian. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, super, super. But I don't know. You guys want to talk about this ending? This
1: Yes, let's get to this, this ending.
0: This bonkers fucking ending.
1: To give some context. So the ending is Colin Tate's character gets, I guess, you know, their memories are starting to blend, right? So he's starting to remember things that Voss remembers. So that's mm-hmm. his way of being able to kind of lead himself back to Foss's family, right? He ends up at the estranged husband's house where their kid lives and you mm-hmm. know he's going to use them as leverage, right? Like he wants her estranged husband to tell her where she is so that she can she can fix what's going on with him. Yeah. But then it gets into this whole crazy thing, you know, where the husband tries to attack Tate and Tate kills him.
2: Well, okay. Tate is holding him at gunpoint as a hostage. Right to make mm-hmm. this clear, he's holding him at gunpoint as a hostage, hoping that the wife in his head is going to see that, and he can use that as leverage. Right, and uh, well,
1: th- I think is I don't think Tate completely understands what's going on though. Right? No, he doesn't. Not at all. Not at all. Because he, he even but, says like, "Where is she?" Like you, you tell her to come and fix this. Like she, yeah, he no, doesn't, not at all. No, no he doesn't like know. yeah, it's it's no, in his head. I agree
2: completely. No, he doesn't know. But, yeah, so when you say attack him, it's like he's trying to defend himself. So, you know, he tries to get the gun from him. Yes. Grabs it.
1: And then Tate uses a kitchen cleaver to chop he off, part, off of like a part of his hand. Part of his
0: His hand. It's, it's like off. all his fingers come off. Yeah. And then he just murders him with that cleaver, that meat cleaver.
1: Okay. So then let's get into this. So in the process, the estranged husband does get the gun, shoots Tate. Tate is shot. But then also Tate is able to cleave away at the estranged husband and, and he's dead. And then all of a sudden, while Tate is just sitting there, shot up and exhausted from the murder, their son comes out of nowhere and stabs Tate in the neck. In the throat, yeah. But Tate then gets off a shot as he's getting stabbed and we see that the son is shot right in the chest. hmm But then person who's in tate then proceeds to shoot the kid a couple more times so Mm -hmm. so what point does Voss take over again that's the question right i mean after that right okay i thought she took over when she murdered the husband yeah and she uh, on reflex shoots her son but then sees her son and then proceeds to continue to murder her son That's how I read it. I didn't read it that way. Yeah, because,
2: so there is that scene where they're like, I don't know, uh, fighting for control of the body, sort of, or or rather Tate's character is threatening the husband and saying, you bring her out. And that brings Tosia Voss kind of out of his head as a separate entity. And like, she's talking to him within his head. And they're having a conversation and she's like, do it. You always want to do it anyway. And that's when she kills the husband.
1: And like, that's why it was so just like emotional, right? Like, he just like, Like, she, as in Tate's body, was just, like, going to town on her estranged husband's body, but then also, like, like I said, it felt like a gut reaction to shoot the kid at first, but then once she sees it, she makes a conscious decision to finish it. Me and Amir are on the same page of this, but I guess you didn't read it like that, Jeff?
0: I just thought that it was just Tate retaking control of his own body to shoot Tasia's son. Like, I understand that. Uh Tazu did regain control for a little bit, but I think all the stuff that happens to her family is is taste. T- I didn't get taste f- revenge. Yeah. Just... I didn't get the feeling that Tazuvass killed her own family.
2: So what's the, that that whole conversation about then? the you always wanted to do it thing?
0: I I don't know.
2: Because to me that was the through line of like what you were talking about earlier, the work-life balance. That's like her finally or accidentally going through with severing her ties with her family so she can be a more right. like, perfect assassin, right? And the, the question is, is that is it an- – Yeah,
1: because even after she kills her strange husband, she can't kill herself, right? She tries to kill herself again, but she can't. And it's almost like she has to cut off all the ties, which is her yes. son, too.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, like, you see her face overlaid – on his as he's shooting the sock, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, and there's, like, that, so it's that not really like guttural ex- scream that comes out, too.
0: I think the right way to perceive this is probably, like, Tasia Voss's subconscious desire to sever herself from her family in addition to Tate's repossession of his body and, like, his rage about, like, what's going on and, like, what's happening to him, like, pushes her to do that, maybe. I think that probably... Yeah. The, it's like that cocktail of emotion. Kind of plausible
2: is, as a... Blurred probably,
0: boundaries. Yeah, the blurred boundaries. And like... You know, it's like the same thing with with why he used the fire poker on, on Sean Bean's character and he decided to shoot... Or she decided to shoot Tate's fiance, right? Right,
1: yeah.
0: So there's like some transference there. So it's a little column A, little column B. Yeah, so like... in it, Just in, in this case... It happened to be killing your own family. I guess there's one final reveal.
1: As the kid is lying there dying, you hear, I guess, the voice of, uh, what's, I don't know the character's name, Jennifer Jason. Gerder. Gerder say, pull me out, right? Because we've, yeah. we've heard this line before, right? Where uh, at the beginning of the movie when Holly being taken over by Voss was, you know, Uh, about to get murdered she's like pull me out pull me out right right, yeah so like that's like the the, that's how we know that she's possessing somebody and then this is the point where they're gonna sever so we hear that come out of this child's mouth so we know that it wasn't actually the child that tried to murder tate or voss and tate's body it was girder yeah like that was fucked up to like use somebody else's kid that was fucked up
2: yeah, I think as soon as soon as the stabbing happened, I was like, "Oh, the kid's possessed," because no kid would do that, right? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like no kid's gonna run up to a fuckyomer and just stab him in the neck. Like it's not like like. So I was like, "Oh, the kid's possessed," and it, yeah, it's a, it's a perfectly fucked up
0: coda to the yeah. to the. Uh, and and if you think about how, how fucked up that is, like they had to kidnap that kid. To do that and do the surgery to him and yeah.
1: Exactly. That's
2: why, yeah, that's why I love that 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 they showed that surgery in the beginning because it's so is so fucking
1: messed up. So I wanted to ask you guys, I don't I got this feeling at the end of the movie that this was the actual assassination, or is this just a byproduct? Because you know, we get so much from Gerda's character at the beginning, like having telling her, like, oh, I want to promote you, but you need to
0: cut these ties. I think it's just a byproduct. I mean, there's no way like they could have set it up where like, oh, you almost kill uh the CEO, but you fail, and then like Colin Tate like repossesses his body. I mean
1: it could have been just been like the the murder of Sean Bean's character, like if it happened or not, all cool. Right? Like it would have helped yeah. us, but whatever. But the actual goal was to I don't know, because there's there's something about like I've read a lot about well,
0: like Tate was special in the sense that he was able to gain control. Well, no, cuz Tate stabs himself in the skull and that damages the implant, right? That's what makes him able to like overpower.
1: But at the same point, like there's a, there's a point where he had to do that, right? He had to stab like he had to know that it was there and to stab himself like or or yeah. is it or is it that it's just because she's been doing this that long that like she's just not as good at keeping control? Like I don't know it's obviously
2: a bit of both. Like she's clearly fraying around the edges from the very beginning. Right. And hiding it from her handlers. Right. So like that, that, that's very clear. So I think there's some element of her loss of control and, uh, that manifests in him stabbing himself right in the head as like an act of revenge or or fuck you or whatever. And then that fortituously for him sort of leads to him getting a little, getting control back sort of intermittently. Yeah. But I think, I think it's definitely both. It's definitely both her, like, you know, i don't know morality and personality being upgraded away by this job and and, uh also
1: but i I think that's why i do say like when i'm at the beginning of this episode when i was like i was very not very confused but a little confused at the end of this movie i think it it all kind of sums up because like i was very unclear by some of the story arcs that happened like is it was you know like I, i do question like it was this the the assassination the whole time yeah, I don't think so.
2: I, I I agree with Jeff on that I, th- I think that like there's two. many byproduct things, of what like, happened? Yeah, yeah, no. Like, I, I think I think you couldn't plan this. I think it's too.
0: Yeah, I think it's like a silver lining to a botched hit job, right? I think that's that's how <sighs> you want to put family? it. You're of your family.
1: Look at the silver lining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, for Gerder, not for Tazio, obviously. Also, I want to point out um, Jennifer Jason Leigh playing a very similar character to her character in uh, Annihilation, right? It's mm. like the the cold, unfeeling handler character, yeah. right? Yeah. I think I think that's that's interesting to point out.
1: Yeah, I mean, in Annihilation, she kind of get it gets her hands dirty a little bit, but probably not as dirty as this movie. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like the twist ending in this was definitely something. Something, I'll, <laughs> something, yeah, something I'll remember about this movie, or the thing I'll probably remember about this movie. Definitely
0: effective. Any movie that's willing to. Fucking kill a kid like straight up like that as I give them props. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they they, they 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 made it palatable by making him possessed at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I and I think that's a smart touch, right? Because I think if she just outright shoots her own fucking kid, yeah, uh, you'd feel a little different about that ending.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, if we're to right, I see what our you're thought saying. process, yeah. she does straight up murder. Her kid, there is like, some, <laughs> there is some,
2: yeah, some element of that underneath there. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. But yeah, I think it's a clever way to get it, to, to, to get the ending you want while still kind of having it both ways.
1: All right. Well, is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Can not say the movie doesn't have guts, man? That is a
2: yeah. gory ending. It's like, end yes. of, yeah. it's like the end of Hamlet or something. Just everybody's dead on the ground
1: there. Uh, like I said, uh, I mean, I think there's parts of this movie that were a little uneven for me. But in the end, I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed the journey that we take and that ending that we get to. I, I agree with you guys that some of the visuals are really great in this movie, really gruesome. If you like movies and you think you can handle it, I would definitely recommend it. But I know this – we talked about it. It's a little hard to recommend for, like, everybody.
2: It's almost an hour fucking shorter than Wonder Woman. you have the lose? Go see it. <laughs> I know. Don't, don't, be, don't be a
1: coward.
0: Oh, my God. I, I didn't even think about it that way. Oh, my right? God. Right? hundred and four minutes it's only uh what half of Wonder Woman basically yeah pretty Sorry. much half of Wonder Woman yeah half of Wonder Woman. Um.
1: <laughs> that's the funny like now we're just like everything we're gonna just time like how many Wonder Woman's is it all right well I think that will conclude this week's episode uh Jeff where can people find you
0: yeah you can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter what about you guys?
2: Uh you can't find me anywhere right now, but you will be able to find me on Letterboxd when I get my ass
1: in gear. What about you, Doug? Uh you can find me at the wrong day, day, spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that's for Instagram and Twitter. Uh but if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you are listening to us on awful Podcast, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to so many more people.
0: Yeah, and uh, if you guys have any comments, questions, suggestions, any insights on Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor, please shoot us a line. We like reading emails on the pod, and we like to hear what you guys have to say. So shoot us a line at, Jeff at StrangeHarbors.com and we will see you guys next week. All
2: right, see you next week, everybody.
0: See you guys.